0: This is the Nature Boy, Rick Flair, and you're listening to Rolex wearing, limousine riding, airplane flying, kiss stealing, wheeling dealing, Sons of a Guns, Pete and Jay here on Enter the Nerd Zone. Woo! Hey, all right. Welcome back to Enter the Nerd Zone. Pete, in the zone. I am in the zone. The wrestling oh, zone. I, I am in the wrestling zone, too. I am really pumped up to get to the finish of this podcast. Ooh. You, don't want to do, you don't want to do
1: the show anymore, do you? You hate the show. No, I'm
0: no what I'm saying is, is we need to get to the finish because we're going to talk wrestling finishers. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. see what I did there? I yeah. You're so smart. Yeah. That's a little wordplay word or play. whatever. That's
1: a cane education for you, my friends. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they wonder why it was only $20 a credit. That's right. That's um, <laughs> right. They paid us yeah. to go there. I mean, I mean, uh, for me, I, I think uh, that's one of the things I always loved about wrestling. I mean, there's so much to love about wrestling, but, but the finishers – Absolutely loved him. What about you?
1: Oh yeah, I I have some. See, this is what I loved about finishers. Um, a finisher for one wrestler was like a normal move for somebody else, and it's amazing how like that move for that person like doesn't pin the guy, but the other guy gets knocked out when someone else does it. I always thought that was fascinating.
0: Yeah, it's kind of yeah, it's kind of like unusual how um, and just I mean, I hope I didn't ha- I hope you didn't have this guy on your list, but like uh, Ronnie Garvin used to have a knockout punch and it's like he'd punch people we see other wrestlers kind of punch each other but then he'd have the, it's like oh it's the knockout punch and he would just lay the guy out and but it's like oh, didn't, okay didn't,
1: didn't he knock the guy out and then do like the stomp around the guy's body
0: he did that at the end because i think people were so, like he when he first, when i first started watching him he just did the knockout punch he'd knock him out and pin him and then i think later on he did that stomp where he'd punch him they'd be laid out and then he'd like stomp like their head and their gut and like whatever. And then he'd pin them. Cause I think people were like, yeah, we're not buying the knockout punch anymore. So <laughs>
1: now he, you know, Ronnie Garvin, he's we've talked about, you know, the, the jobbers and all these other things that we've talked on the show. He's one of those guys that's kind of like in the middle. Cause he's, cause he was like cousins or brothers with Jimmy Garvin. Right. I, yeah. Yeah. Air quotes. You can't see him folks. Air quotes. Um, <laughs> he, but he would like, he was good for a little while. Then he became a jobber and he came Good again. Right. Am I like not meaning good? He's a he was like a jobber and he wasn't a jobber. And he was a jobber. And he wasn't a jobber.
0: Yeah, he's kind of like, you know, I think like you you would kind of label him like a mid Carter. Like he's going to beat up the scrubs. He he might win against the top guys. He might lose. I think he was like world champ for like a month or two for a while. And then he kind of like went back to the beating up the scrubs, kind of losing to the top notch guys. He's always kind of been up and down, so yeah. Now that's where he's at.
1: So, do you think? Okay, so we're talking about finishers. So is that yeah. is that one of the worst finishers that you've seen?
0: Uh I think so, and I think we're probably also going to talk about a few others. Yeah. So. Right.
1: so that one's in the in the top somewhere. We'll talk about that as we go forward. But yes, <laughs> uh, I liked Ronnie Garvin. Uh, I his move obviously was not was not great
0: <laughs> no I, but i i, I kind of liked him cuz he was kind of like one of those like like tough guys like he was like a he wasn't tall he was kind of like you know they would call him almost like uh like a fireplug or something like or a fire hydrant like he was like short squat he was tough like uh you know he just really get in there and just beat people up and I don't know. Like, couldn't really talk on the mic or anything. But, you know, it was fun to watch. But, like, the the knockout punch, I'm like, wh- how is that different than what you were doing to him two minutes before in the ring? Like, exactly. Like, because you kind of blew on your knuckles there. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> knockout punch. Knockout punch. <laughs> uh,
1: so give me a good one. Give me someone that has a good one.
0: Oh, wow. Uh, I think... One of my favorite ones uh, – not like favorite of all time, but just, just kind of thinking. Um, one of my favorite finishers had to be Shawn Michaels' Sweet Chin Music. Um,
1: that's uh-oh. that's one of my favorites, yeah.
0: I mean, but that's a great one though, right? Yeah, that is I mean, a great it, one. It's so amazing. It's And it's simple too. It's like – it's a super kick, which – you know, other wrestlers have done. And I guess, you know, he, he just took it and, and, and labeled it. But I know, like, uh gentleman, Chris Adams, used to do a super kick, a couple other guys. He, but he kind of did it, like, with, like, flair and style, you know? Like, I, that's kind of why I liked it. And it's just, like, it's definitive. It's like a kick right on the chin, lights out.
1: Yeah, I mean, and it's just, again, I don't think anybody really uses that move elsewhere. Like, you don't see many people doing the kick to the face like that you know as a as a regular move does that make sense
0: yeah exactly it's not like like you were saying before how for some wrestlers it's a regular move like i said the knockout punch i mean come on they're punching left and right in the ring but that sort of high kick to the chin like Shawn michaels did like it that's not a typical like move where you could be like well why is it knock out why does he knock the guy out but when five other wrestlers do it nothing happens
1: right right exactly
0: <laughs> All right. So, so what do you got for us? You got a, one of, okay. So one of my,
1: one of my favorites, even though you stole mine that I really like, <laughs> um, and I'm not going to shy. That's probably my favorite one. Um, mm-hmm. one that people do, uh, that I, I mean, I, one that I really like is the rock bottom. Okay. You know, the rock okay. dropping the body down and then finishing it with the, now I don't know if this is considered two moves or not, cause it gives him the rock bottom. Then he drops the people's elbow. So is that one or two moves?
0: um i mean it kind of depends because you know you would see him kind of do it almost as a combination like the rock bottom but people would know it's not done until he does the people's elbow but then sometimes you know kind of like if it's like a high stakes kind of a match he could have won with it or he could have won with the people's elbow but i think usually people would think of the two moves almost together almost sort of like a combo finisher i guess
1: yeah well in the wrestling games i used to play he you do the rock bottom and then you get in front of the guy and and drop the people's elbow which you know again as we talked about before in other uh shows the rock who's probably the biggest showman out of all the wrestlers that have ever been out there i mean him and rick flair obviously are probably one and two if not one and one um it just you know it was so flamboyant it was you know he lifted the guy up and he does it in every movie that he's in too by the way
0: oh yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah like like whenever there's a fight scene there's always the rock bottom but like you said I think what what really made it great, because when you look at the people's elbow, it's an elbow drop.
1: Yeah.
0: But when The Rock does it, it's it's like a believable, like, oh, he's going to lay him out with the people's elbow. Because he, he does the whole, you know, he does the whole, like, he uh, he stands over him. He takes off the elbow pad. He's, like, swinging the legs. He, he makes a big show out of it, just like you said. And he sells it, because it's an elbow drop. It's an elbow drop. Uh, you know, bottom line, it's an elbow drop, but he really sells it. So selling it is
1: is the key you think right cuz Ronnie Garvin really couldn't sell the fist punch but we think about okay elbow fist it's just it's more theatrical
0: Oh absolutely cuz like I said it's like you know if you think about it he sets it up with the rock bottom which which is like if he just did the rock bottom I think people would be like wow that's a great finisher but they know what's coming next and you know they love it because he really you know, you think about it, it takes like a good 15, 20 seconds for him to pull it off because he's standing over and he's swinging the arms and takes the elbow pad off and he he like runs, he jumps over, he runs and then he and he would always like pause and then just drop it down. And it's just like it's it's just good fun. You know, it, it's 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 really entertaining to watch.
1: And, you know, I'll tell you the best time he ever did it. The, I mean, obviously, he's faced every wrestler under the man, but when he faced Wrestle uh, Hogan at WrestleMania. And he did it to him. I thought that was like, I guess maybe because it's the big stage or whatever else. But again, his theatrics with it, it's just a great move to watch. And I don't think anybody else can do it the same way he can do it.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely not. Because like I said, he's, he's you know, and we talked about this when we did, you know, wrestlers in, in, in films. How he's just such a natural show, showman. and He's got just that natural charisma. Like he takes he takes a boring move like an elbow drop and he just really makes it into something where people aren't just like wait a minute all he's doing is is dropping the elbow, you know he really makes it into like a finishing move you yeah. know.
1: So can we go back to uh to, to the sweet chin music for a second?
0: Go right ahead. Um,
1: do you have a favorite moment with that?
0: Oh, favorite moment had to be the Ric Flair retirement God match. Damn it, you stole it again! <laughs> I mean, come <laughs> on, you set me up for that. I mean. <laughs> I mean, where he, where he, where he does that, where he he mouths "I'm sorry" and then just nails it. I mean. The only thing, like I said, the only thing, and we talked about this. You know, the only thing that kind of stunk was, you know, the next night on Raw, they give Flair this huge send off, and it's like three weeks later, he's at like an Independent Federation, like like he never retired. Yeah, I'm back. Uh,
1: yeah, that wasn't the same Ric Flair. Yeah, but uh, yeah, never you're... really left. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that was what my favorite moment with the the sweet Chin music. So
0: oh, it's that's that's like a le- that's like a legendary moment, top to bottom. You know, with the finisher big stage, you know, whatever, whatever, like, you know, topic we'll discuss like that's that's going to be like the number one moment for whatever that topic is pretty much. <laughs> now, do you have
1: a, a moment with the rock bottom that you that you uh, specifically like?
0: I, I don't know, because it just seems like it, that was such an entertaining one. Like the whole, the one he did on Hogan was pretty good because I mean, for me, that was like the icon versus the icon, like the big charismatic guy from the 80s versus Like the really current charismatic guy in the rock But other than that Just every time just because He would always kind of change it up a little bit Like you know when he would leap And he would come running back Like he would kind of slide in Pause and drop it Sometimes he would just drop it real quick You know he would always kind of change the finish up Just a little bit So it was always entertaining no matter what
1: Yeah I mean I thought Yeah again great move Great speech and music great move Alright, so give me another one. Give me another wrestler and their move. And if the other wrestlers do the same thing.
0: Um, I mean, I think this is a move that we see people do, but it, it, it when this guy did it, nobody was really doing it because nobody was really going off the top rope so much. Randy Macho oh Man my. Savage with the fly. Ah, oh, come on! another I mean, one! <laughs> I, 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 can you blame me, though? Can you blame me? I mean, no. this is good stuff. It is good I mean, stuff. I mean, at the time, you know, when he first came out, like in the in the mid 80s, nobody was really like Jimmy Snooker was going off the top rope, which at that time we were like, oh, my God, a guy jumping off the top rope. So the first time I saw that, I'm like, wait, what is he doing? And what I used to love about this move is when he would get up there, he would always do that move where he'd stand real tall on the top rope balanced and he would like. One hand he'd kind of like put on his waist, and the other one he'd just stick his finger in the air, like the number one, Uh and then just leap. And I can't remember specific, I can't speak either. I can't remember like specific matches, but sometimes he would leap almost halfway across the ring and nail these guys.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I I can tell you a specific moment with the flying elbow was WrestleMania 4, the last match where he drops it on Ted DiBiase.
0: Uh, and and Gabe wins the title. Wins the
1: title. I mean, I, you know, back. Listen, back in the '80s, you know, we, we were lots of little kids at that time, thinking, "Oh, this is real." You know, that made it. I mean, he made wrestling. He kind of changed wrestling at that point in time with that move. Because, like you said, not many people were going off the top rope. At least what I saw. I mean, now you know, every little they got all these you know the the luchadors and all these other guys wrestling that just all they do is go off the ropes and stuff like that i think macho man made it kind of like cool
0: yeah he absolutely made it cool because you know like really you you rarely saw guys like climb the rope even like you know sometimes uh they would be inside the ring and kind of leap up there onto the second rope and do something you, you you just didn't see that so it was a really special move i mean like nowadays You know, you're right. Like what some of these guys do off the second and third rope, it's like absolutely amazing. But, you know, back then it was just just to see a guy climb the top rope was was rare. And again, kind of like with with um, the rock and, and the people's elbow and the rock bottom, he really sold it with like, you know, he would he would really when he was on the top rope, you got a sense that like he had no fear up there. Like he would stand, like I said, he would stand real tall, finger in the air, and some of the times you would see it, he would really leap across the ring. And you know, I, watching a lot of the thirty for thirties and behind the scenes things, um, you know, they were talking. To, I, I forget which wrestler they were talking about, but they said that whoever the guy was pissed off the Macho Man, so that when he did the elbow he did it like without kind of protecting the guy like he really nailed the guy in the chest with it and i think like broke a couple of his ribs and this or that so it's like yeah if he wanted to he could really hurt somebody with that well you know it's funny like the the flying elbow
1: it's it's iconic now it's not even in wrestling it's everywhere you see someone you know and you know kids jumping off the couch and they're like they're they're slapping their elbow like they're going to drop the elbow i see it in movies all the time you know, Macho Man set the set the uh, stage for all that stuff. Yeah, you
0: know? yeah, yeah. It almost became like a cultural thing. You're yep. right, and I could and I could think about when I'm horse when I like when I was younger and I would horse around with friends. And you know, if somebody was on the ground, same thing. Yeah, you know, you slap the elbow and you just like drop on them. That's Macho Man. Well, it's
1: funny because like I I I watch a show called Impractical Jokers. I don't know if you've seen them or not. Um, no. four guys are dopey they're like the four of us but they they get paid um <laughs> so they they do stupid stunts and whatever else well one of the one of the punishments is this guy had to jump into tables right so he got on top okay. of a ladder and he did the, the macho man he slapped the elbow and then and dropped the out el- and dropped it so it's all over the place and that's one of the, the great things about the the macho man and the flying elbow
0: yeah, uh, yeah. I think, like you said, it's like it was re- for for the time when it came out, it was pretty revolutionary, and it actually went on, like you said, kind of becoming almost like a cultural thing where you you saw it, you know, like you saw it in the movies and you saw kids messing around in the schoolyards, like doing it and stuff like that. So it it, it became a, a phenomenon. It did. So yeah. So what do you got for us? What's up? Uh, so, What's next?
1: uh Speaking of. Flying off the top rope. Another guy who I think uh, really kind of mastered it before the Lucha Libres and all these other guys. Uh, Ron Van uh, Rob Van Dam and uh, his fro- his basically it's a flo- uh, frog splash. The frog. Mm-hmm. I used to love that move. I mean, he was just all his moves off the ropes were fantastic. That fro- frog splash. I mean, Eddie him and Eddie Guerrero really kind of like um really basically made this move what it is.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, when I think of the 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 that that frog splash, I think that's what it was called. Yeah. Um yeah, Rob Van Dam did it, but I kind of think of Eddie Guerrero. Um I don't know cuz he I think he was the first guy I saw do it and I just thought that was absolutely amazing cuz You know, for those that don't know, really what it is, is top rope. Now, Jimmy Snooker would just fly off the top rope. He would just leap in the air, stretch his body out, and crash down on the guy. So the the, the frog splashes, basically, they would leap in the air and sort of like tuck their knees and elbows in. And then almost like at the last second, extend out. So it almost looked like they were like a frog leaping. And I I just thought that was really cool.
1: Yeah, I thought it was a great move. You know, and... It's one of those moves that hurts both the wrestlers. Um, again, I don't think that... I guess it is his finisher. I don't know if he pins after that or not. I know Eddie Guerrero did. And Eddie Guerrero yeah. really really did uh, this, this move justice. Um, I don't know. I, I like a lot of the moves off the top ropes. I mean, I do like a lot of the power moves, but I think this and the, the elbow are probably the two most popular of the jumping off the top rope uh, type of splash
0: Yeah, absolutely, Um, because they're pretty, you know, again, when you think about it, they're pretty simple moves. They're definitely devastating moves, and I know one of the memorable ones I saw, and it's kind of weird why it was memorable, was when they had that whole – it wasn't like the actual invasion, but when, like, Eddie Guerrero, Dean Malenko, Chris Benoit, and I think Perry Saturn left WCW, and they kind of came over, like, as that – that foursome like we're going to force our way into the wwe i think one of the first nights they were there i think it was eddie guerrero and chris Benoit were in a tag match and eddie guerrero did the move off the top rope and you actually saw when he landed like he hit his elbow and he actually just dis- like you saw his elbow just dislocate <laughs> which was like that was not definitely not supposed to happen but it was just like Wow. I mean, it just kind of shows you, you know, he's doing his move, and it, it, it's a dive, and, you know, anything can happen.
1: I was watching a match with this Fox, and I can't remember who it was, and I'm pretty sure Eddie Guerrero was involved. But So Eddie Guerrero jumps off the top rope and does the, the flo- Fox splash, and there might have been Chavo with him as well. Did one from the other side onto the guy. It was just fantastic. It was just crazy. Like he did one, and he did one, and then Edgar Guerrero went back up again and did another one. Uh, it's just, you know, how fast that move is, and you know, just the height they get on, on some of these. I mean, like the Macho Man too. He got high up in the air and and out, and the frog splash. I think kind of like even further.
0: Yeah, I would see like you know, um, you know, like you mentioned Rob Van Dam doing it. You would see him do it. Um... And I don't think Eddie Guerrero ever did this, but I, I remember seeing an ECW Rob Van Dam top rope, but turning around because the guy was out on the floor and doing it. Which I'm like, "Oh, okay, nut job, go for it," yeah. you know.
1: <laughs> he would put chairs on the guy's chest and do it too.
0: Uh, oh yeah,
1: that's crazy stuff.
0: Crazy stuff. So,
1: but let me give you one more real quick on the ropes, and then we'll we'll get some uh, good stuff. I just want to, as a uh, go for it, as a uh, just like aside one of the other good rope moves it's not really it's not really a finisher but needs to mm-hmm. be mentioned is Shane McMahon's jump from one corner to the other i forgot what they call it is it called the money maker
0: i think he called it the money maker yeah, yeah. and that was that was a good one that was cuz first of all who would expect Shane McMahon to do something like this
1: <laughs> exactly that's why i kind of like thought of it cuz he was just like from one corner to the other and just like kick out now i mean that's got to hurt i mean that's got to oh. hurt and this little rich boy doing it versus like these athletic wrestlers now eventually him and his dad got uh boosted up on roids or whatever else but uh you know before that i mean it was just an impressive move i just want to throw that in there when we're talking about um rope moves
0: yeah no it's definitely impressive and and like like you said coming from really a non wrestler it's very impressive yeah, yeah. All righty. So, kind of, kind of going along with this off the top rope, and you also mentioned you love the power finisher. So, this is actually a tag team finisher: the Legion of Doom, the Road Warriors, their Doomsday Device. Oh, I used.
1: That's what, Is that the one he puts on the shoulders and then jumps off the top? Yes.
0: Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, so this was great. So, what their finisher was is uh, Animal, who was really—I mean, these were first of all, these were both huge guys. Yes. But Animal was kind of like the power guy. He was like the bigger guy. He'd hoist the opponent up on his shoulders. Hawk would climb the top rope and dive and do like a diving clothesline on the guy. And they would drop him back. Doomsday device. Um, First of all, to see a guy the size of Hawk, again, this is also at a time when guys weren't really taken to the ropes like they do nowadays. So to see a guy almost 300 pounds of muscle climbing the top rope and then You know, really like with some good agility, leaping out. And if you think about it, too, I mean, his partner, Animal, is a big guy who has another big guy on his shoulder. So it's like he has to he's not diving down. He actually has to dive almost up and out and nail this guy. And that's that's just incredible.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a great move. Um, You know, there are some great tag team moves out there, but that's definitely one on the top five of of that list.
0: Yeah. Do you, all right, so what do you got? You got another one for us? Because I, I know I got a few. <laughs> yeah,
1: I got a few. Oh, absolutely. Um, Go ahead. I'll stick with the tag team. I liked, you know, again, younger as a kid, thinking, oh, this is cool. The Hart Foundation move. Yeah,
0: that's awesome.
1: You know, Jim Neidhart, uh Jim the Anvil Nightheart holds the guy, and then uh, Bret Hart would come in and, like, do that jumping clothesline thing to him.
0: Absolutely, yes. yeah. Yes, I
1: mean, that's a great move, you know, and uh, just – though it's amazing like his other teams would use that move and they wouldn't be able to pin the guy but th- again Bret Hart does it and they're down for the 3 count
0: <laughs> again cuz like that was really their signature thing and again that was a time in wrestling where moves like that were considered like like wow those are like like fast and and crazy moves you know nowadays people would kind of look at it and say like all right you know his partner held him and he did a running clothesline what's the big deal but back then like you said, when we were watching, you know, th- th- this was a big deal. This was like a crazy, like, oh my god, he's gonna knock his head off. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah,
1: it was it was a great move, and, and amazing how like, I mean, Jim and I was real strong. He, I mean, he was holding like guys like Barry Windham and and even the uh, the Road Warriors in these moves. It's it's just it's amazing what some of these guys can do.
0: Absolutely. All right, give me another All right. one. All right, so now this move it's one of my favorite finishers and a lot of people have done it, but I'm going to like, I'm going to say the move and who I think did it the best and consider it to be his finisher. It's Jake, the snake Roberts with his DDT.
1: Oh yeah.
0: That, (laughs) I mean, nowadays, I mean, nowadays people are like, you know, uh, you know, some people use it to kind of like buy some time or whatever. It's not really used as a finisher anymore, but, but when Jake, the snake did it, And, again, I think it's because, like, the way he sold it, I was just, like, as a kid, I was just just like, oh, you're not getting up from that. Like, you're not kicking out of the DDT. That's it. Lights it out. Game over.
1: Yeah, I'm trying. Who other wrestlers did the DDT?
0: I mean, I don't know. It it kind of – like, you would just see other guys doing it. Um, Nobody really – I mean, the thing is, is other wrestlers would do it but not really as a finisher. So – it kind of like went from like when jake the snake would do it like like a devastating finisher to like just like a eh, it's just a move it's the ddt whatever so it's it's like it's a move that's out there but i consider it it's like jake the snake's finisher and and that's kind of why i said that so that's it.
1: <laughs> but after he does the ddt doesn't he put the snake on their on their body right
0: yeah, he would pin him, and then he would get uh, what was the snake's name? Damien, I think. Damien, yes, Damien. Damien, was... yeah. He would like bring it out and, and whatever, and but it's just like like he would he would lock it in, and he would get like this evil look on his face, and then he would kind of like slap their back and drop straight down, and like just like as a kid again, I was like. Oh, man, you're not getting up from that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, my God, the snake. Keep the snake in your pants. All right? We don't need that. <laughs> Relax. You know, I, I hate snakes. You can...
0: Yeah, I'm not a fan of snakes. No, no. no way. I saw him live
1: <laughs> at a, an event once, and we were pretty close, and that snake is pretty ass scary. I can tell you that.
0: Oh, yeah. I Like, I am not a fan of snakes. I remember going to, like, a zoo or something somewhere, and... They had one of those like photo opportunities like, oh, you could pose like with a parrot or you could hold a snake. And Diana was like, I'll hold the snake. And I'm like, well, you're going to be in that picture alone because I'm not coming near it.
1: (laughs) See, I could be Slytherin, but I can't be a snake. I don't know. I guess I'm I don't know. Maybe I'm just Sol. I have no idea what's going to happen there. Uh, So when I get sorted, I'm going to be screwed when I go to Universal. Um, I'll probably end up getting Hufflepuff or something like that.
0: Hey, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> a
1: whole, sorry, whole other podcast. Sorry about whole that. other podcast. <laughs> sorry about that. All right, so one of my favorites was done by two wrestlers who happened to be okay this, happened to be the same guy, uh, the Outsiders or Razor's Edge. Okay, by Scott Hall and or Razor Ramon.
0: Right. Yeah. You know, exactly. He,
1: he, again, another guy who could speak on the mic. He sold the, the move. I mean, I just the way he held the body. Another person's body like that, and then threw him. I just thought it was impressive. I don't know. It's not like the the most powerful. It's not the you know the the fanciest. But I just thought it was a great move.
0: Yeah, and I think really like as we're talking about finishers, I think like what you kind of said is very true. It's it's how these guys sell it because when you look at the Razor's Edge, it's picking a guy up and dropping him down, basically. Yeah. But but just the whole like he would he would like thrust him up overhead almost kind of like almost like kind of sp- like spread their arms wide like 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 a crucifix like, position pretty much and you knew like the the guy was out of it and you knew like oh here comes the end and again he would get like like a like a crazy or an evil look on his face and then like boom lights out <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh yeah, well I, you know and again i love i love scott hall he's one of my favorite wrestlers he's uh I can watch his his wrestling matches all the time. I mean, him and the outside, him and Kevin Nash, two of my mm-hmm. favorite, they're my Marty McFly. Uh, there's the, there it is.
0: Um, <laughs> there it is.
1: He's my Marty McFly. They're my Marty McFly of wrestling. Um, I don't think it, uh, they could do anything wrong. Um, and tell Norton I said so. Uh, so th-
0: so there <laughs> will we will do.
1: There we go. All right. So what about you? You got another one?
0: Well, actually. Before we go any further, I have a question. So yeah. one of one of the finishers I was thinking about, a lot of people have done. So the pile driver. Who do you think did it the best? Oh, Ordorff. I was thank yeah okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like I like uh, Undertaker's version too. This the stone uh, the tombstone. The tombstone. But yeah. Again, he both of them both really great showmen. You know, they don't even do that move anymore. I think it's been banned. Because of all the neck injuries. I mean, Paul Orndorff was giving people neck, breaking necks and stuff, like left and right.
0: And then there was also, um, wow, I think when he was really starting to come up, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin wrestled Owen Hart and Owen Hart. Like they were like I read this in his book, like uh, Steve Austin's book. He said they were working it out. And he said like, oh, at this point he goes, listen, I'm going to put you up in the tombstone pile driver. So he got him up in the position. And the thing is, is you're supposed to really do it the way The Undertaker does, which is really drop to your knees. Owen got him up in the position, but then did like a classic one where he fell back onto his butt and messed up Steve Austin's neck. Like, he actually said in that match, he was like, he's like, something must have popped somewhere. Like, I couldn't feel my arm. Like, I had to whisper to the referee, like, buy me some time. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's probably why we don't see it anymore. Because, you know, you mess it up, you know, you could do some serious damage. You know,
1: Owen Hart used to put the, um he used to wrap the, 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 le- the arms around the back of his leg and drop. Dropped up to the pile driver. Uh, mm-hmm. Stone, I mean, uh, what's his name? Um, Undertaker puts the head in between his knees and drops, like you said. Um, again, both iconic. I, I look at um, the uh, the choke slam as as Undertaker's finishing move, I think. Other than, oh. you know, I think that move, he does that. The height he gets on people with doing that, with lifting them up with his bear, with his hand is amazing.
0: Yeah, and like I said, uh, I had mentioned this way back when, uh, going to a live event, being able to go backstage and actually – I can't say face-to-face, like face-to-chest with The Undertaker because he's like 6'10". I mean he is – he's a monster, sweetest, nicest guy you'll ever meet, but he's huge. So having seen him up close and personal, I can almost imagine when he picks somebody up, they're they're almost like a good – Almost ten feet in the air, and he's just driving him straight down. So, he's known for the tombstone, but yeah, that choke slam—oh my god!
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so here's another one: the jackhammer. The jackhammer. Uh, okay. By Goldberg. Just yes. That, just the holding of the guy. I mean, ultimately, it's a pile driver in a different version, I guess. What it, you would call it? But um, it was mm-hmm. just the way he held the move. And then drop them down. I mean, the spear is one thing. It's not really that exciting. But that move was definitely, you know, the setup of all of his other move. But uh, I love the jackhammer.
0: Yeah, it's, it's it's a definitely a power move. And, again, talking about the selling it, you know, holding holding guys up there 10, 20, 30 seconds sometimes. And then just, boom, split second right down to the canvas. And that's it. Yeah, just Total power and, and just, just the way he would sell it. Absolutely incredible. You
1: know, we never really talked a lot about uh, Goldberg on any of our shows. I mean, what? Is, no. I, I guess, he, what do you think of him?
0: I thought when he first came out, um, and he started that whole streak and everything. I, I thought it was great because he came at a time in WCW where, yeah, they had the NWO and they were winning the Monday Night Wars, but it was definitely starting to get kind of stale. And he was like a shot in the arm because he was like, I mean, I get what they were doing. He was supposed to be like their Stone Cold, the shaved head, you know, just like really aggressive. But um, he he just, I, I don't know. I, I really liked him um, when they kind of started messing around with them and doing weird stuff. And then he like retired and came back. He kind of lost it, but that first initial run, absolutely incredible.
1: Yeah, I mean, I yeah, that first initial run. I, did he ever uh, face Stone Cold? I are they in the same place at one time? Have we ever seen? Them I before? don't
0: think. I don't <laughs> think they were. I don't think they were. Now. All right, no. so
1: here I'm going to ask you about a couple moves, and you tell me what you think. Okay. Go for it. All right. The first one is the Pedigree.
0: Okay, I never. I don't know. I never really bought into that one because it's like, to me, it just seemed like a lame pile driver. Like, 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 like Triple H would be like, I'm going to do the pile driver. I really don't want to pick you up. All right, let's just drop it down. Like, I, I don't know. I just never really bought into that one. When he
1: first started doing it. I mean, he used to get height on it, though, and then come down. Um, now it's kind of like the other one I was going to mention. The stunt, mm-hmm. the stunner. Okay. I mean, a million people did the stunner, right?
0: I mean, a lot of people did the stunner. You know, Randy Orton did his version, which he calls the RKO. And with that. Yeah, same thing. When he first started doing that, and especially when he used to do it, I, I I could watch him stun Mr. McMahon week in and week out. It was just great. But again, with that, it was for him. It was the cell. It was like flipping the bird, kicking <laughs> you, and then you know, boom, and pouring beer on you and whatever. But yeah, near the end, it kind of was like, uh, okay, here we go again.
1: <laughs> That's my favorite move by Stone Cold is the uh, the beer drinking. You know, I'm always impressed how he can open up two beers at one time and then catch another one. I never had that skill.
0: I always wanted to know whose job it was to sit ringside because he would come out and he would always motion like toss me a beer. And I was like, who's got that job? That must be a cool job. You know, Howard Finkel. (laughs) Howard Finkel. <laughs> all right,
1: so I loved
0: I I loved I just love the one. I know we're off track, but that's right. what we do. That's what we do. <laughs> driving the beer truck into the arena oh, and hosing awesome. down oh that was awesome. That
1: was great. I, I the was, old, he hosed down
0: the Rock, gonna say, right?
1: Was it the Rock?
0: I think it was like the Rock and Mr. McMahon and all that. The only thing that was better was Kurt Angle driving the milk truck in and dousing him down with them. and I'm like of course milk <laughs>
1: that's it. That is pretty funny that is pretty funny did we ever talk about off the tracks um go ahead. the the impersonations that the the DX did it,
0: we we it, talked we talked about when they did uh the, the nation, nation of domination oh my yeah.
1: god that's funny all right sorry i just am thinking of like ring appearances <laughs> this is a whole other podcast that's a whole other podcast oh my Absolutely. god that's funny. back on track back on track uh yep. okay so give me uh Okay. What the most unpopular? Here's I'm gonna give you the worst wrestling finisher that I believe is out there by one of my favorite wrestlers, Hulk Hogan. Oh, the leg. Oh God,
0: the leg drop. drop. Yeah, I mean, just completely lame. I mean, okay, so here you go. So you have The Rock, who basically drops an elbow, totally sells it, plays it up, a lot of you know acting and charisma behind it. The leg drop. I mean, come on. It's like I don't know. Do a knockout punch. I don't know. Like do something. <laughs> I mean,
1: I, you know. I guess back in like I said back in the '80s, that was that. Oh my God, he's gonna drop the uh, the leg drop, and that was that was it. Kind of ultimately, it was signature for a long time. I mean, the flying elbow probably took that over. Uh, I think Hogan's more popularized for the you know. Fighting back, you know, with the shake in his head and... Absolutely, thing, right? yeah. yeah. I think Hogan was, a again, a great showman. Wrestler, not so much.
0: And you know what? And that's the thing is it's not for nothing. He's, he's actually even said that. When they did the Ric Flair 30 for 30, you know, Hogan is there saying, you know, people... Like he said, people come up to me and say, you know, I made wrestling what it is today and he's like no 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 it's Ric Flair he's like yeah I was popular and I was charismatic but Ric Flair is popular charismatic and could wrestle like nobody's business Yeah, like he's, he's like he, he was leaps and bounds ahead of me in terms of wrestling so like even Hogan admits it
1: <laughs> alright so give me th- your top three uh, finishers that were like submission
0: oh Wow. Top three submission finishers. I always used to love the full Nelson. Uh, Hercules Hernandez used to do that because he'd like slap it on and he'd like be shaking the guy back and forth and not for nothing. Like, again, as kids, we would mess around. And if somebody put you in the full Nelson and really put pressure, it actually, it, that thing hurt.
1: <laughs> it did hurt. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> um, I used to love that. I used to. Um, not the sleeper hold, but I used to love Sergeant Slaughter's Cobra Clutch. <laughs> just because, first of all, it was called the Cobra Clutch. I just thought that was so cool. And just like, I don't know, like he would really like, it would almost look like he's like wringing the guy's neck. He'd like shake, again, he's like shaking him back and forth as he's doing it.
1: Well, yeah, speaking of the sleeper holds. Um, yeah. You know, I would see him on TV and the guys would fall asleep. And then I tried to put it on like my sister or my my uncles. <laughs> and I'm like, why aren't uh, you, you guys sleeping? This is not. Am I doing something wrong? They're like dumbass. They sign me in the back of the head. They're like, "It's fake, you idiot." No, it's not. So I, you know, that's what, I got very upset with that whole thing.
0: False advertising. That's right. To sleep
1: all my butt.
0: <laughs> okay, and the number one submission hold, and I have a feeling this is going to be yours, Ric Flair's figure four leg lock.
1: Oh yeah, I mean that's if I mean that's one of the greatest moves ever. I mean Ric Flair made it happen. I, I think. I used to do the figure four leg lock on my buddies. That hurts. Mm-hmm. That really does hurt.
0: It really does. Yeah. <laughs> and
1: then they, they did the reverse on me. That's not very, that doesn't feel good either. I can tell you that right now, but that's Ric Flair. I think when you think figure four leg lock, you think Ric Flair.
0: Yeah, oh, absolutely. But, you know, I mean, absolutely.
1: I don't know anybody else that did it as well as he did.
0: Yeah. Again, cause he would have that Are you laughing at just... me. No, I'm not. No, I'm, I'm 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 totally agreeing because, you know, he did it again. He had that. He had that flare. Uh Oh, look at <laughs> yeah, that. no. But he had. Yeah. Wordplay again. No, he had that flare when he did it like he would. Sometimes he would pause and give a woo. Sometimes he would do it in like a split second. Um, And then when he would lock it in, he would like he would like shake his legs back and forth and then whenever somebody would reverse it, he would be in agony. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and, and it's just, yeah, figure four leg lock, people do it. What a, Ric Flair. I mean, that's Ric Flair, figure four leg lock. There you go.
1: Okay, so greatest <laughs> Flair moment of all time. Clash of the Champions. I think it's like 1988. He's wrestling mm-hmm. the real Sting, not, this, mm-hmm. you know, not the crow. Not the, no. no. Not the crow. Not the figure four leg lock, but that chest slap. For five minutes, they went back and forth slapping each other.
0: Oh yeah! One of
1: the best ever. I mean, both chests were like bright red, and then I think Flair ultimately won that match because right at that time, Sting was you know number two to Flair. Everybody was number two to Flair, right? But uh, yeah, one of the great great moves. And speaking of uh, speaking of Sting, so my three was the uh, the Scorpion Deathlock.
0: Okay, so. Scorpion Deathlock was also like the sharpshooter at Bret Hart. Yes. So, uh, do you do you, do you consider them too different? Do you think one did it better than the other?
1: I think the way Sting got there was better. I uh, you know, he would do the 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 stinger splash and then yes. get then get there. Uh Bret Hart, he used to do like that um that Arn Anderson uh the bell, what's it called, the uh, belly-to-belly slam, which Arnie Anderson yeah. really did a great job. What the hell was that called? Oh, yeah. You know I'm trying to
0: I think it was just, yeah, I think it was just like a belly-to-belly, yeah. The belly
1: buster, they called it something.
0: Gut buster or the, something. Yeah.
1: Um, he would do that and then do it. Uh, I think Stings was a little bit more showman-like. Um, so, yeah, I thought that would, you know, both of those guys do that position, that move really well, but I would take the Stinger over the, over, Brett, over Bret Hart.
0: Okay, I mean, I agree that, yeah, he definitely did it with a lot more, like, when he would do the sting splash, and then, and then, or even, he also had the other, the other move, uh, which was, like, a reverse DDT, the, Scorp- the Scorpion Death Drop. Yeah. Like, yeah, the way he got there was good, but the way Bret Hart would, like, lock it in and sink in there, I was like, oh, my God, that must be, that must be killing the guy. Like, it <laughs> looks so painful. That,
1: and, that <laughs> and the figure four definitely looked real painful. I can. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. So... One of the other Matt Matt moves I love is the Lion Tamer, by um, Oh yeah, which is very similar to obviously uh, it's a Boston Crab basically, mm-hmm. but the way he would lift the guy up and flip him down, and then you know and then turn him over, it was I mean Jericho very underrated wrestler I believe.
0: Totally, totally underrated wrestler.
1: Real jerk in person but a good just, <laughs> that's what I hear just, yeah. for, just for the record. Sorry, Chris, it's true. Uh, <laughs>
0: that's what I hear. Yeah.
1: John knows. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, you know, I love that move. I just like, again, it's as we're, it's a common theme here. The, the move is, is common, but the showmanship is not.
0: Right? Very true. Very, very true. Yeah. Cause w- like, like you said, at its, at its core, it's a Boston crab, which is painful but the way he would like you said the way he would set it up and even when he would lock it in and he would arch back and he's screaming it, it's all in the cell and i think that's kind of the common theme with all of these finishers is the cell absolutely all right so i'm going to give you well, oh wait we... can i can i jump in before you yeah, before you get there okay so no, a while get in there. <laughs> yeah <laughs> a while back a friend of mine uh, who knows i love wrestling sent me a clip on youtube uh his name's chris he's like I know you love wrestling. You you'll get a good laugh out of this. Hi, Chris. And <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Um and it's not Jericho. I am not friends with I'm not friends with Chris Jericho. Okay. Oh, um, so, I'm to hang up the phone. Okay, so this this comes from the Independents and it's it's a mixed tag team, uh Joey Ryan and and Candice LeRae, and they kind of have a finisher that they each do sort of like a unique version of it. Um because, obviously, they're a mixed tag team. They get into a lot of, like, mixed tag matches and stuff like that. So, um, so Joey Ryan does this move that he calls the Booplex, which is basically he comes up behind the female opponent, screams out, boobplex, grabs you-know-what, and then it's basically like a belly-to-back suplex. Candice LeRae does one that she calls the ballplex, where she comes up behind the guy... Her hand goes pretty much where the move says. And she does like a reverse suplex on him as well. Just Joey Ryan, Candice LeRae, Booplex, Ballplex, whatever it is, go to YouTube and you're going to just see it's they're just hilarious. But the other thing is, is if you actually just, search for Candice LeRae period she's actually an amazing female wrestler and I'm really surprised that she never went any further than the independence because when you see her wrestle it's like she pulls off some moves I'm like how is this chick doing it it's like it's it's amazing
1: I just watched I just watched the bootplex that is pretty uh that's like
0: it's funny right it's It's just
1: it's like porn with clothes on yeah uh
0: (laughs) It's but you know what though it's like at, at first when, when I first like when I saw the title of it I was just like oh my god what the hell did this guy just send me but it's like it's kind of funny like in a clean it's like it's a little dirty but not really <laughs> maybe yeah oh yeah listen,
1: it, uh, it's uh, listen, I do that to my wife every day.
0: Uh oh! <laughs> well, we got kids listening out there. We gotta get clean. Sorry guys. Uh,
1: <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, yeah, my fault. Let's get back. No to problem. The, let's get back to the show. All right. So let me give you the top ten according to our front, our fine friends at Ranker. Uh, Ranker. Uh, okay. So number ten, the Frog Splash. Yes.
0: Awesome move. Talked about that. And it yep. Says
1: who? Which ones they feel are the best? Eddie Guerrero and Rod Van Dam. Number nine, the Pedigree. Yes. Degree.
0: Okay. Uh, eh. Eh. Yeah, we talked about eh. that. Like, eh, not really. Okay, number, go ahead. <laughs>
1: number eight. I'm very upset. It's that number eight. Is the flying elbow because I still think that's that's a probably a, a one or a two.
0: Absolutely.
1: Number seven, the rock bottom.
0: Yeah. Number six. All showmanship. Love number, it. <laughs> number six we didn't
1: talk about was the jackknife yeah. power bomb by Kevin Nash. Uh,
0: hmm. Yeah, and I'm kind of surprised that we didn't just we didn't mention the power bomb in general cuz that was like a lot of guys use that as their finisher. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, I mean I guess that's maybe what it is. multiple guys use it, but I'm surprised it's actually on here as number 6. Number 5 was the tombstone pile driver.
0: Yeah, a classic move, absolutely.
1: Number 4 was my boy Scott Hall with Outsider's Edge or the Razor's Edge.
0: Razor's Edge, yeah.
1: Number 3, K- RKO Diamond Cutter. Diamond Dallas Page too. I mean, he did a um he was definitely he could sell it, too. And he was greater than Mike as well. Um, Diamond Dallas Page, RKO, Randy Orton is horrible
0: to watch. Yeah. And just, and I, yeah, I think so. And I think, uh, like how we said, Chris Jericho, underrated wrestler. Diamond Dallas Page, totally underrated wrestler. Yeah, absolutely. I thought when he
1: first, because he, he was a, a manager for a long time.
0: Yeah, and yeah. Then,
1: then when he started wrestling, I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be bad. I mean, he really put up a great career as a wrestler.
0: He really did, and I think it was, you know, he was really good in the ring, and, and like you said, the guy could really talk on the mic. I mean, he had a lot of personality, yeah. totally, totally underrated.
1: Definitely underrated. I mean, I think, I don't know if he's top 10, but he's definitely underrated wrestler. Um, yeah. Number two, the Sweet Chin Music. Oh, yeah. Which I really All believe right. should be number one. And then okay, no-
0: so, wait, can I guess number one? Yeah, go for it. Figure four leg lock, Ric Flair.
1: No, actually. Oh, okay, t- go ahead. I'm going to tell you where that was rated, and it's actually pretty high on the list, which I find I'm upsetting. I mean, I'm upset about it because, uh, you know, Ric Flair is a god. One of the grades. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. He's actually up at number 16. Oh, God. Sorry, All right. 17.
0: Ugh, even worse. <laughs>
1: oh, my God. Behind, like, some of the worst moves I've ever seen. Uh, The five number the one. F5 or whatever it is. All right, so number one. Yeah, the Stunner by Stone Cold Steve Austin.
0: <sighs> I mean, I think the Stunner is a top ten move. Is it number one or is it even top five? I don't. I don't think so. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he put it up there because that kind of kicked off the whole Attitude Era. But I, I don't know.
1: If you're talking, I, I, if you're talking showmanship, maybe. But um, I don't know. I I don't find it. I I don't. 'Cause other people do it and it's not as I don't know, I don't I don't think it's number one. How's that sound?
0: Nah, no. Nah. I mean I think it's a top ten, but I wouldn't even put it in a top five, you know. Like you're gonna put that That far ahead of like Ric Flair's iconic figure four leg lock or the the flying elbow from, from Randy Savage. No, nah, I don't think so. <laughs> so
1: if it was if it was up to me, it'd be a speech and music number one, the flying elbow number two. I, I just think those are the two best finishing moves.
0: Yeah, because I think they're just they're, they're just so iconic. Um, you know, Sweet Chin Music, you know, yeah, it's a super kick. Shawn Michaels sold it. It was used in a lot of iconic matches. And the Flying Elbow, you know, Pete, like you said, you know, when you see guys, like, fighting in um, – when you see guys, like, fighting, like, in movies and stuff like that, messing around, they're slapping the elbow. You know, like, you see it in so many different things, so –
1: yeah, I guess the stunner's the same way. I mean, but it's not as iconic as as the Flying Elbow. So, Ranker, you're ranked wrong again, but that's okay. We'll let you slide because we like you a little bit. Um, So, wrestling finishing moves. I know we've missed a bunch of them, guys. You know, make sure you tell us on Anchor and, I guess, in iTunes as well because, Jay, you said we have some news in iTunes?
0: Yeah, actually, you know, uh, I was checking it because uh, I got the old iPhone here, and uh, we very recently got a five-star rating. So I wanted to give the person a thank you and hey. uh, read it out. Thank you. So this is from Miz, M-I-Z-Z, Misunderstood 71 and I'm going to assume it's a she. Um, she wrote, most excellent, five stars. Pete and Jay crack me up with their off-the-wall humor and amaze me with their geek knowledge. I, I didn't know we had a lot of geek knowledge. I guess I, we do. I've never heard knowledge next to my name at all, but thank I you. I know. appreciate that. But she's, but she, so she finishes it off by saying, as a child of the 80s, I can say these guys are legit know-it-all nerds. So there you go. We're, we're definitely
1: know-it-alls. Uh, whether it's true yeah. or not, it's a whole different story. Uh,
0: exactly. But I do
1: appreciate the compliment. Thank you and keep listening. Uh, guys, yes. make sure you're doing the same thing on iTunes, on Anchor. Give us your favorite moves as well on those in those areas, plus the five stars definitely help. Um, say nice things. Uh, I mean, you can lie a little bit, too. It's okay. She did a great job of lying. Um, yes. <laughs> granted, we are funny. I mean, we're just stupid funny, but that's okay.
0: We crack ourselves up, exactly. and I think that's that's good enough.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're 12-year-olds living in 45-year-old bodies. It's fine. Essentially, no yes. No worries. It's okay. <laughs> so make sure you're checking us out in all those places, iTunes, Google, uh, I don't even know where else, Anchor.
0: Keep going. Anchor, uh, podcast, overcast. Uh, we're on breaker now. Uh, is that
1: the one John mentioned?
0: The break? Is that breaker or is that you? The I, I that yeah, that was the one in the in the thing he he mentioned, and yeah, I checked that. So yeah, listen. The way it looks, I think if there's a place that there's podcasts, just search for us. I, I think you'll find us. Don't forget, also check us out on Instagram. Enter the nerd zone. I put up pictures of the stuff we talk about. I'm probably going to throw up some polls and ask people what their uh, favorite finisher is and and we'll see what the the public has to say.
1: Listen, leave your polls out of this. Uh, My favorite is the bootplex. I'm pretty much convinced now. Uh, I'm sold. There we go. Sorry, awesome finisher. <laughs> sorry, sorry, flying elbow. My wife wouldn't go with that one, but she might go with the boot flex. Uh, 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 make sure you the best way to find this is at armchairs dot com, where you can find all yep. all the guys, uh, all the guys stuff. Uh, make sure if you're in the Anaheim area that you check out our our buddy, the Lag Bar. They they love us there too, um, and uh, there's a bunch of comic places that, that love us as well. So. Jay's moving around.
0: Um, Oh, Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know what? (laughs) I will give a shout-out because they've actually been very nice to us. They let us uh, put out our cards and actually even put up a little flyer. Uh, If you are in Central Jersey and you are in the Milltown area, check out Main Street Comics. Uh, That's pretty much where Diana goes for all her comic needs. She loves it. Uh, The guys there are absolutely amazing. They know their stuff. And, uh, yeah, check them out. It's, it's a great place.
1: Can you plug your, uh, your daughter's podcast by the way?
0: Okay. I'll do that. Sure. So, you know, Diana and I do stuff. You don't need to know. Um, she kind of got the podcasting fever now. It's in so family. She's, it is. <laughs> so she, she now has one called Else World's Finest where it's her and she's just going to have random friends joining her. She, uh, did her first episode with her friend Kate and, I could just say that her and Kate have been friends since the sixth grade, and it's like it's like one brain, two bodies with these two. It's and they they talk, Pete. I don't know if you listened. They talk for almost two hours Sweet. about about Marvel movies, and I was like, I was like, okay, I can't drive while this is going on because they were cracking me up. So check them out. It's called Elseworld's Finest. Fair warning, though, uh, they. It's 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 a, they're, they're a little bit explicit. They're, they're they they love dropping words. the F-bomb. Oh, yeah, they love dropping words. the F-bomb.
1: <laughs> well, tell her if she needs someone to do a show with, tell her to give me a call because I love that <laughs> word. I could just say that and she could just talk. she you go. You know, there you go. <laughs> It'd be great. <laughs> well, that's good. I'm glad to hear it. And I'm, I'm glad to see that she's in the family now of podcasting
0: yeah it's she a, loves it it's all over she the loves place it. so we got it is
1: sisterly love we got brothers in armchairs.com love uh so check us out see us all listen to us all give us some ratings and uh you know jay it's been fun today
0: oh this was a great one i, I always love it when we talk wrestling yeah, love, it, it's a great one
1: i love the wrestling uh so uh as norton and marty mcfly would say uh same bad
0: time Same Bat Channel. From the top rope with the elbow, it's Batman! Na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-wrestling...